Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. NHL update, second period. Lightning leading Calgary 4-2. Blues up 4-1 on the Devils. Man, St. Louis on fire lately. Red Wings up 1-0 on the Predators. Jets lead the Rangers 2-1. After the first, it's Minnesota 3, Philadelphia 1. After 2, Ottawa leading Carolina 1-zip. In the third, Dallas with a 2-0 edge on the Panthers. Columbus leading Washington 1-0. Buffalo 2, the Islanders 1 with about 9 minutes left. Start of the third, Bruins leading the Blackhawks 4-2. Jake DeBrusque has his 15th of the season. Busy day in the CFL. Mike Riley goes to BC, but the Eskimos sign nine free agents. You can get the full rundown on information on every guy on 630Ched.com, including this guy, the new quarterback for Yardmonton Eskimos, Trevor Harris. I spoke to him earlier today about joining the Green and Gold. It was a, it was a very difficult choice, and, but a very easy choice at the same time. Uh, leaving the city of Ottawa was very difficult for me with the ties and memories and you know, uh, teammates that you make, or teammates and friends that you make, but uh, it was a very easy choice in terms of, you know, who I'm coming to work with and, and uh, you know, the culture that's being built there in, in Edmonton, uh, the guys at the top, the head coach, and, you know, that I'm familiar with, and so in that way it was an easy choice, but uh, obviously very tough to leave some of the people in Ottawa. All right, well, you mentioned the people you were working with. Obviously there was some overlap with you and Jason Moss when he was on the Red Blacks coaching staff. Tell you why, uh, you know, you think there's a good connection between you and, you and Jason, and you're also going to be getting to know a new offensive coordinator with Jordan McSimmick. Yeah, um, you know, I, I know that Jason uh, obviously – you know his his personality, his his toughness, his grittiness, his love for the game, and his tenacity matches mine uh, in a lot of ways. And so, you know, I think that we're going to be extremely uh, good in working together. And I've heard nothing but great things about Jordan and just how sharp he is. And obviously, you know, the uh, the plan that you know Brock had told me uh, when free agency opened and the direction of the team that he was taking, it uh, you know was obviously just like, yeah, I'm on board. Let's go. And so. Um, after we hung up the phone, you know, I took some time to think about it and listen to the other options, talk to my agent, and it was uh, it was a no-brainer. And, you know, I just really look forward to, you know, joining Edmonton and uh, the City of Champions, and hopefully we can, you know, put this thing together and go get a cup this year. Eskimos quarterback Trevor Harris joining us on 6.30. Chad signs this morning, two-year deal with the Edmonton Eskimos. Look, I'm, I'm going to ask you this and get it out of the way because I don't want to spend uh, the entire preseason with you getting this question, so let's let's do it now. Mike Riley was here. Uh-huh. He, he, won a, he won a Grey Cup. He won an MOP. He was incredibly popular as a player and in the community. What's it like for you coming after a player like Riley? 
it's, I don't know anything different. Uh, I had to replace Ricky Ray. I had to replace Henry Burris and now Mike Riley. So I don't know what it's like to step into a situation where there hasn't been that. Okay, well said. And you're always replacing somebody if you're going to a new team, right? So, <laughs> so you might oh, as well. Of course, but you know, uh, you know, it's just been a deal for me where I've had to step into shoes where expectations have been insanely high, and so. Uh, but that's I expect myself to perform at an at an exceptional high level, and so, um, you know, I don't know that it really matters too much to me. It's not something that makes me nervous or anything. I'm just excited to be able to come to Edmonton and uh, just be me. Another signing today by the Eskimos is Greg Ellingson. You and he have formed one of the best pass-catch duos in the CFL over the last few seasons. Was there any influence you you had on Greg to get him to Edmonton as well? Tell me a little bit about this. If you had one guess, what would you say? I would say you probably talked to him. <laughs> yeah, as soon as uh, as soon as I knew the possibility of this happening, I'm on the phone with Greg, and uh, you know he's a he's a guy that you know I've worked really well with over the past few years, and um, you know he's a guy that uh, you know he works really hard in practice. He's a consummate pro, and um, he's not a guy that ever backed down in a big moment. And you know he's made some big big time catches in big moments, and he's a big body. He's fast and. Uh, he's physical, and you know he kind of fits the bill for what you want in an elite receiver in the CFL. And um, I'm sure the coaches are going to expect him to uh, perform at a high level, and I'm sure that he will. And I'll do everything that I can to to ensure that he does, you know, uh, perform at that level. But it's not all going to be on Greg. We have some insanely good receivers that are coming in uh, that you guys have seen that have come across the board that are signing with us, and so it's uh, it's an exciting day. And we're just really looking forward to uh, to putting this thing together. And uh, days like today are what make the CFL so exciting. You know, they get the fans excited. They get the, the coaches and players excited to kind of unite and play, play together and um, see how you can kind of piece it together and try and go win a championship. Also coming over from Ottawa is left tackle Sir Vincent Rogers, one of the best names in the Canadian Football League, and he's been one of the best players in the last few years, albeit at a position on the O-line that doesn't get as much glamour as, as, as some of the other spots on the league. Tell us a little bit about Sir Vincent and uh, why you're going to feel pretty comfortable still having him protecting you. Uh, in the football world, you call Sir Vincent a dog. And that's a, that's a very endearing term because he's, he's tenacious, he's physical, uh, he is going to take the fight to you, and he's very technically sound and he's athletic. I mean, you watch him run down the field. I remember last year, unfortunately, he tripped one of our wide receivers going in the end zone that was running a screen pass. But the fact that that big of a man is downfield, you know, chasing blocks tells you all you need to know about his effort and his tenacity and what he wants to get done. And so... Um, He's, he's one of those guys that you don't really have to worry too much about what's, what's coming from the backside because, you know, you know that he's got your back. And um, he's, he's very hard on himself. He's his own worst critic. And uh, Edmonton's lucky to have him. And so it's kind of uh, rare and unique that, you know, we're bringing over a trio of, of, our, uh, of our guys that were uh, highly productive players for us. But um, sure is good for cohesiveness. And uh, obviously they've done a good job building this roster, and it's going to be fun because I think there's a lot of unselfish guys that really just want to do best for the team and uh, see what we can all accomplish together. 
Trevor, what didn't you like about playing in Commonwealth Stadium as a visitor that you think you will like playing as a member of the Eskimos? I'll like it because it won't be an ice rink the next time that we're on it first. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, the thing is, is uh, it's, it's the biggest stadium in the CFL, and the fans do such a great job there. And, you know, I've heard nothing but amazing things about how the fans uh, – you know, support the team and support the players, and it's a it's a great town to be in. And you know, I recently had uh, Jake Ceresna reach out to me. Uh, he's he's moved on to the NFL, but he just told me how excited he was for me with it. It was such a great city, a great organization, and I've talked to quite a few of the players and quite a few of the new players as well. But guys that have been there have done nothing but rave raved about how awesome um, the city is, how awesome the team is, how great Jay is for the team in terms of you know taking care of the players, how awesome Bronco is. So it's, uh, I'm sorry, my little man's in here screaming, but just about how awesome uh, it is to play there. So I'm really excited about the opportunity. All right. Well, we're going to add a, a new Edmontonians, the, the little man there as well. Did, did tell me a little bit about. Yeah, uh, CJ, he's, uh, he's screaming in, in uh, celebration right now, I think. Brother Ladder, he just got an apple. Is he, is, how many kids do you have? Oh, just one. Okay. Two-year-old boy. Okay. And has he picked up a football yet? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we play catch a little bit. Um, he does a good job uh, trying to just catch the ball, but that's really about it for now. He, he does a lot of pushing cars and trucks, so I kind of just like to call it uh, like sled pushes to just ease my mind a little bit. So, All right, Trevor, I know you got you got more of these to do. You want to be with your family. I want to throw you one more. I know you're an established yeah, CFL starter, um, but I also know from, from interviewing athletes over the last couple of decades of my life, they always want to get better no matter where they are in your career. Uh, if we were to talk, you know, a year from now after your first season with the Eskimos, I know you want to win a great cup, but individually, where do you want to take your game this season? How would you like to improve? Um, you know, I'm one of those guys that uh, I'm constantly finding any stone that I can turn over to to enhance my performance in terms of mental, um, in terms of emotional, physical, or technical, whatever it can be. Um, I found something new every single off season uh, to to do to to sharpen my game mentally, physically. You know, I recently picked up some combat brain training that they use for the Navy SEALs. Um, I've picked up. Actually, some tap dancing lessons. My mom's a tap. My mom's a uh, dance instructor, and so I bought some tap shoes. And I'm trying to, you know, find anything I can to, you know, improve my ankle mobility, my flexibility, and uh, and as you kind of age, you find new ways to watch film of what you can look for, cues, and things that you can do. And obviously, you know, you're every off season you're rebuilding the throwing motion to be, you know, fast and efficient with it. But uh, you know, I'm just doing anything that I can uh, every day to make sure that I wake up a better player than I was the day before. So, um, you know, I just really look forward to the grind of this last few months of this offseason to see how I can raise the bar for myself. All right. Well, that's really cool, the things you're working on. Are you coming to Edmonton soon, or what's the plan? I am. I think I'll be in town tomorrow. Um, uh, you know, I just want to get up to speed as quick as possible uh, for uh, for the process, you know, learning the offense. And I want to hit the ground running like I've been there for four years uh, at day one of training camp and, uh, there's no time to waste because, uh, you know, each and every year is a, a season of its own, and I want to make sure that I maximize my uh, ability to uh, to raise the level of the get the most I can. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And out of them. That is Trevor Harris, new quarterback for your Edmonton Eskimos. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Oilers and Penguins on 630 Chad tomorrow night. The story today, CFL free agency. The Eskimos sign nine players, including two from the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Rick Zamperin covers the tabbies for Global News Radio CHML in Hamilton. Rick, thanks for jumping on tonight. We've had a busy show, a busy day. I will start with Larry Dean, linebacker who was the CFL East nominee for Defensive Player of the Year. Give us the lowdown on Dean. You're going to love this guy. I mean, as much as uh, Eskimos fans love J.C. Shirt, what a phenomenal Eskimo career that he had. Larry Dean is almost in the same mold, a little more, uh, I-, I think, veteran presence with his uh, you know, NFL experience. But, I mean, this is a guy who's always around the ball, always creating havoc, a sure-handed tackler, uh, you know, an, uh, an all-star caliber player who's going to be the field general in the middle of the field, a very important part of the Eskimos' defense. You guys are going to fall in love with this guy the moment you see him. Dan Unamba also comes over from the Tiger Cats, kind of plays that cover linebacker position, what we, you know, people want to call the nickelback cover linebacker, whatever you want to say. Uh, and, and, and he had a, a pretty good season as well. He was a league all-star. So what do we expect from Unamba? Uh, a little more active than, than Dean. Dean is your prototypical kind of you know tackle-to-tackle uh, linebacker where Namba is a little more all over the place, uh, but still a guy who always seems to be around the football, uh, causes turnovers, uh, very active in the line of scrimmage, but can also cover you know, some of the top slots or receivers in this league. Uh, you know, both guys are still uh, you know on, on, on the right side of 30. At least Dean is 30. Namba's 29. Uh, so, you know, they have a lot of good football ahead of them. Uh, and, you know, they, they were paired with Philip Lawley, who's now in, in Edmonton. Uh, and um, you know, I think those are two key additions to an Eskimos defense that, you know, times last year I thought struggled, at times played great, but I think they're going to they're, they're add a little more spice to that defensive unit. I think Edmonton and BC personally were the big winners in free agency. Some uh, other West teams added some key players. I didn't see as much staying east or heading east, Rick. How does this look for the division discrepancy now? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's tilted even more so to the west because, you know, you have Trevor Harris going from east to west. William Powell is the same. I know some guys came from uh, west to east, but they didn't hold the same cash as some of the star players who went from the east division to the west. Greg Ellingson, another great example. Um, you know, Mike Riley staying in the West, even going from, you know, Edmonton to BC, that West division is just unbelievably strong. And, you know, if the CFL could have all five teams make the playoffs in 2019, they probably will. But we know the rules. Obviously, the Eskimos and their fans know the rules uh, and, and really bit them in the butt last year. But the fact of the matter is, the West division is still the strongest unit by far. You have a, a Toronto team and a Montreal team that's rebuilding. 
Ottawa taking some massive hits today for free agency. The Ticats seem to be stable, even though they've lost a couple of key addition or key uh, people to their linebacking core. Uh, that West Division, that, that, that's going to be a fearsome race to the top. Well, I think Hamilton is clearly the best team in the East, and Mazzoli's probably clearly yeah. the best player. Well, with, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, here's the most outstanding nominee in the East Division, and you know, the team, at least offensively, didn't get any weaker. In fact, it may have gotten a little bit stronger uh, with some of their key re-signings, like Alex Green, you know, Brandon Banks coming back, Jalen Saunders, if he comes back and stays healthy. Uh, you know, June Jones now only focusing on the offense instead of, you know, everything under the sun. Uh, and rookie head coach Rolando Steinauer having that defensive mindset, but, you know, over the past year, uh, gaining a lot more experience in how to call and make adjustments on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think the Ticats are heads and tails, the most talented team in the East Division. Now you still have to play the games, but at this point right now, in 2019, they are by far and away uh, the top team in the East. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. Rick, busy day. Thanks a lot for fitting me in tonight. Uh, I know you had a long day there in Hamilton covering everything, too. Always good to have you on the show. I know we'll talk throughout the season, especially once we get into the heart of the CFL year, man. You got it. Lots of fun. Enjoy. That is Rick Zamperin checking in from Hamilton Sports Director with Global News Radio CHML. So gives us the lowdown on the two players the Eskimos signed from Hamilton, Larry Dean, who he said Eskimos fans will fall in love with as middle linebacker and uh, a more than capable replacement for J.C. Sherrod. Sounds good. A lot of things sound good today. I think uh, reason to be optimistic. Team's going to have to gel. The coaching's going to have to be there. Their health is going to be there. The, the division is going to be tough but it looks like the Eskimos can be right in there we get a break for the 730 news you'll hear a little bit from Hitch and Bob Stoffer is going to check in from Pittsburgh when we get back this is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Nico Koskinen will be in goal tomorrow when the Edmonton Oilers visit the Pittsburgh Penguins here's what's going on in the NHL tonight Early in the third, the Lightning up 5-2 on the Flames. The Bruins lead the Blackhawks 5-3 late in the third. Also late in the third, Stars up 3-0 on the Panthers. Blue Jackets up 3-0 on the Capitals. The Sabres have beaten the Islanders 3-1. Midway through the third, Senators and Hurricanes tied 1-1. It's late in the second period in St. Louis, but I'm pretty comfortable saying that the Blues are going to win their seventh in a row because they lead the New Jersey Devils 6-1 with four minutes left in the second period. Former Oiler Patrick Maroon has just scored his fifth of the year. Blues doing great. Red Wings up 2-1 on the Predators' second period. Also in the middle frame, Wild 3, Flyers 2, Jets up 2-1 on the Rangers. And in the first, Toronto leads Colorado 1-0, even though the Avalanche have a uh, 14-6 advantage in shots on goal. Eskimos free agent signings, Harris, Ellingson, Rogers, Daniels, Collins Jr., Dean, Unamba, Santos, Knox, and Orange. Riley goes to BC, Grimes goes to BC, Chris Edwards goes to BC, uh, Darrell Walker won't be back, but we don't know where he's going. Bo Levi stays in Calgary. William Powell goes to Saskatchewan. Willie Jefferson goes to Winnipeg. Those are some of the big names staying or moving around today. So uh, the Oilers, obviously, with just one win in their last five out of their bye week, they are not in a good spot when it comes to the playoffs. Uh, depending on how the action goes tonight, they could be eight out 
of a playoff spot. They have 27 games remaining. Here's what Hitch had to say after practice. In the three games that we play, every time we play a three-game segment, we need four points. And if we do that, we'll get in. And um, so that's kind of as small as I want to make it. I talked to the players about that today, and it's doable. Uh, it's more than doable. Uh, but that's what we got to do. We, we got to go. It doesn't matter road, home, whatever. When we play a three-game, like these are three games coming up, we got to find a way to hopefully get four points. And, and if not, that puts a lot of pressure on the next three-game segment. But you're not out till you're out. And, um, you know, who would have thought Chicago went on a run? Who would have thought St. Louis would have gone on a run? Uh, you could see a little bit in St. Louis, but not in Chicago. And so we're capable of getting on a run, too, if we, if we play the right way. And... I really liked to, we were a little bit quiet yesterday, and I loved our disposition at practice today. This is the best practice we've had uh, really since I've been here, I, you know, from an accomplishment and execution standpoint. So it's a real good sign going on the road. I think we've, you know, I think we're in a good spot. we just got to push forward. Well, they've been much better on the road. I know I threw this number out last night. Assuming it's a 90-point cut line in the West, we can argue whether it's going to be higher or lower. I'll use 90 for argument's sake. That means the Oilers have to have 37 points in their final 27 games, so something like 17-7-3 and or sort of. Uh, you know when they went 9-2-2 and under Hitch when he took over as head coach? They kind of got to do that and then do it again. It's going to be tough. Bob Stoffer is the host of Oilers Now on 6.30, Chad, noon to 2 every day. Hey, Bob, thanks for checking in, man. How are things in Pitt? Uh, good. How are you, Reed? Doing very well. It's It's been a busy day. Uh, football, the dominant topic today, and I will get to that with you. Uh, but obviously we want to start here talking about the Oilers. I should mention as well, Ty Ratty, uh, hopeful to play tomorrow. Matt Benning will see tomorrow. Petrovic, uh, or sorry, Petrovic could come in, and Kara didn't practice, but Hitch said he's probable for tomorrow. No Malkin and no Olimata for the Penguins because of a suspension and an injury. Bob, they played a great game earlier in the season, six-five in overtime. Crosby got the winner. Yeah, that was as good a game as you're going to see, and I, I sometimes wonder if the Sidney Crosby walking, uh, you know, Ryan Strom in overtime was the final nail of the coffin for Ryan Strom at Edmonton. And it's my personal belief that that has been a mistake that uh, the Oilers have had to deal with since Peter Shirelli made that trade. Uh, Ryan Spinner obviously playing down at Bakersfield. He actually got uh, corked the other night in Bakersfield. He might be out for a couple games. But uh, um, you know what? This is It's interesting, Hitch, talking about four points out of uh, six. For You know, you break that down on the segments, uh, 27 games left. I mean, 36 points, and you got 37 at that cutoff at 90 points. Uh, to me, Evans has a lot of work to do, and they've got to have a lot of things to go right. Uh, it starts in goal. They've got to get some stops in between the pipes on a consistent basis. It's interesting that we've seen Talbot start four or five. Coskin are obviously starting tomorrow against Pittsburgh. Tampa Bay just scored again, 5-0-1 into the third period. They lead the Flames 6-2, as uh, obviously Tampa Bay is kind of running away and hiding with the President's Trophy. I know there's a third of the season left, but they've been in a bit of a class of their own uh, most of the year. For the Oilers, Bob, a lot of questions over the last couple of days about the home-road split. Hitchcock has said, we know how we have to play. We know what works. The analytics back it up. The videotape backs it up. So, look, I've said all year, Bob, and you and I have talked it to death, the the roster's not great, but do I think this roster can be 5 to 10% better than what they've been? Well, yeah, actually actually I do, and and a lot of it's come down to 
just banking no points on, on home ice. So I'm curious to see, and I'm sure we'll talk about it on the face-off show tomorrow at 4.30, which Oilers team is going to show up? The responsible, resilient one, or the one that kind of floats around a little bit and doesn't get that engaged in the game? Yeah, to me, we're watching two different teams. The team we watch in the road just goes out twice. They get another four check. They don't get dramatically outshot. You know, they're in every game. The goaltenders don't give up bad goals that leak through them. Uh, I've been very surprised at the deployment of the starters. I'd actually start Talbot more in the road and Koskin and more at home. The fact that, you know, we, we come back here and, you know, Talbot starts against Chicago and then Talbot starts again. I mean, he's the same percentage is what the same percentage is and you've committed long-term to Koskinen. Um, and if anything, the, the one place where Koskinen's been helped or, uh, comfortable is at home. And Talbot's the one that's got the experience playing on the road. Like, you know, so it starts in goal. The team defense should be better now that Clefbaum and Russell are healthy and ready to go. I mean, that, that, you know, they should be able to transition the puck better and be better. The lack of scoring while that's on the uh, decisions that were made and by Peter Shirelli. Uh, certainly the Manning trade influenced a bit by Ken Hitchcock. And, uh, you know, the orders depleted, and we've talked about this, Reed, four, point, four forwards worse now than they were at the start of the year, in my opinion, up front. Strom's the big one because that's your third-line center. Kajula, top-nine guy. Now you're asking Brodziak to play as a third-line center, and he's a fourth-line center at this stage in his career. And then Tobias Rader has just been MIA all season long. I mean, I had him. I think I thought he could score 16 to 18 goals because I thought he was going to, you know, play with Leon a bunch. And his play hasn't warranted that he could stay there. So their lack of productivity means the margin's small. I think they play a straight line game on the road. I don't think they. I think they psych themselves out a bit at home. And I think it's upon, upon you know, incumbent upon the coaching staff to keep the team under control and balance and not get too but right now it looks like at home the team's waiting to fail and the fans are waiting to fail with them and why wouldn't the fans feel that way based on how they've played over the last 13 games at home bob that's that's an excellent phrase waiting to fail that i mean i think i think you nailed it that those three words sum it up and and you know like the, the and the, you you hear it you hear it in the rink and if you're there you know it, right? The Oilers give up a goal, even if it's only one nothing, or even a goal when Chicago tied the game, when it seemed like Edmonton was still doing okay. Like, you can hear it, right? It's that weird sigh, that weird tension setting in. Players yeah, have it, it, fans have it, and it, it often spins out of control. Well, it's the fans that are shelling out 200 bucks a pop or more to watch the team play. And what are they, when their first six games with Hitch's head coach at home, now they've lost 11 of 13? Well... And they've lost and five in a row at home, and they've trailed 3 nothing in four of those games before they scored on home ice. Yeah, like whatever positive Hitch had going out of the gate, and my guess was is he was backed off the gas pedal a bit. Uh, like, I think they just simply, you know, their execution on the road, it's, you know, it's infinitely, but it's, it's simpler. They just go and play in straight lines, four check, and at home there's, there's this nervous apprehension, and you can feel it the entire building. And it's not on the fans. It's on the organization to get it figured out. Yeah, absolutely. 744, Bob Stoffer joining us on Inside Sports. He's with the Oilers in Pittsburgh. Our face-off show tomorrow is at 4.30, the game at 6. And don't forget, Bob has Oilers now from noon to 2. Okay, Bob, so you fly to Pittsburgh, you get off the plane, and I assume 
when you look at your phone or get some information when you get off the plane. I don't know if you were doing a double take because I had a I didn't have a three four hour flight. I had a twenty five minute drive to work. Yeah. And when I got out of my car, the Eskimos had added more players. So I don't know what it was like for you getting out of getting off the plane and seeing nine new guys and some pretty big names yeah. added. Well, I mean, I thought I was getting spammed, and that's Rob Pitchkowski's line. And I thought I felt the same way, like bombarded with emails from the Edmonton Eskimos. And as soon as you turn the phone on, Bing, 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 and. Uh, interesting day. I mean, I may not have personally been the biggest Len Rhodes fan, and, and there seems to have been a bit of a, a mixed perspective on him. I think that uh, certainly there were some people in the chorus building that seemed to have a lot of time for uh, Len, and they're around him more than I am, so I would uh, defer to them on top. Just I, I watched him in action. I was like, okay, I don't necessarily, like, you know, this perception that he's the reason why Mike Riley, I think there's additional reason why players leave sometimes and it's not always just on the guy that's president of the football team um the fact that ed herbie grabbed mike riley okay you know that's obviously a factor we all know what happened with herbie and edmonton but the body of work today brock sutherland had a good day uh you know and the other thing i'll say is the cfl when you have i don't even know how many division one programs we're at now i, I know we're over 120 i think we're at 130 division one ncaa programs that are graduating 15 players a year, there's an endless supply of talent. And, uh, you know, Brock Sutherland's going to know the guys that he pulled out of Ottawa. They had a tough day. I mean, basically, BC rated Edmonton and Edmonton rated Ottawa. Trevor Harrison, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. The Eskimos, you know, I think maybe they saved a little bit of money on what they were paying a quarterback. Maybe they bought themselves an extra player. It's got to be healthier than they were last year. So yeah. I think Brock had a pretty good day. I'll be intrigued to see who becomes the next president. Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Sean Fleming in that role. I know a lot of people think uh, Dwayne Vano is going to be that guy. Um, I'm not sure Sean's going to be in the mix, Bob. Part of, what's I'm not, that? I'm not sure Sean's going to be in the mix. Just to interject you don't think there, so? I don't know if there. I don't know if the relationship is there with the the current people in power positions with the Eskimos. Well, I know some of the guys that used to be on that board and. There was, and some of these guys were on the old Edmonton Investors Group as well. Right. So I, I'll be, like I say, I'll be intrigued to see. I mean, maybe Sean speaks up to, you know, sometimes organizations don't like guys that internalize and are outspoken, uh, in an, even if they turn out to be right. But, uh, and, and frankly, maybe Sean would be taking a pay cut taking that job. I don't know what Sean's making right. now. <laughs> but to me, he's a pretty bright guy. And I do think that some football acumen would help in that role. I don't know how much Len had, but again, I defer to the guys that were around him on a daily basis. So let's see what ends up transpiring with the president's side. Uh, Brock Sutherland, obviously, this is his time to shine. I, I, you tell me what's the feedback from the fans on your show today. Is it generally positive? About the Eskimos? Yes, so very positive. They, most people yeah. like the signings, and nobody's happy Mike left, but you look at some of the names coming in. There's guys who've been all-stars, division all-stars, so let's see how they work together. Yeah, uh, the only again, you should be able to replace the what do they call? They're not, they're not called imports. What do they call now? International. Oh, internationals. Yeah. You should be able to find international talent. I mean, it's pretty deep. It's actually the Canadians that are you know the tougher guys to find, just because there's not that same depth. But I would say from afar, without delving too deep, and I'm not again as close to it as Morley and Dave or yourself are. 
But I would, or Halsey, I would suggest that from afar, it looks like the Eskimos had a pretty good day, so good for them. And the order has got to get rolling here, and they got to get rolling starting tomorrow night against Pittsburgh. Bob, look forward to doing the face-off show with you, man. Have a great night. Quit lying. Quit lying, <laughs> Reed. There we go. Bob Stauffer, check it in from Pittsburgh, and he'll have Oilers now from noon to 2. Tomorrow, uh, Matt texting in. He says, uh, what are you guys talking about? Even McDavid is showing no effort now. No one is stopping on pucks. Uh, he loses the puck and takes big loops to get back. No back check at all anymore. No effort. The players are there for a paycheck, which I guess is perfectly fine. Why not? That is a text coming in from Matt. Well, Matt, uh, it's it's been on a lot of guys. McDavid hasn't been a gem defensively. Uh, to say he's uh, stopped putting in effort overall just because of his paycheck, I think is is off base, but you're entitled to your opinion. And by the way, some of the other information you uh, texted in your... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Text to me is flat out incorrect, but I'm not going to embarrass you on air by reading it. It is 749. Quick timeout inside sports on Chet. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Thanks for tuning in tonight, Oilers and Penguins. Tomorrow on 630 Chad. And, of course, a lot of the story today surrounding CFL free agency. The Eskimos signed nine players, though they do lose Mike Riley and Aaron Grimes to the BC Lions. Three Ottawa Red Blacks coming to Edmonton. Trevor Harris, Greg Ellingson, and Sir Vincent Rogers. Here's Brock Sunderland. Continuity. It's huge. I mean, those guys know each other. Obviously, they have a good rapport. Sir Vincent Rogers adds to that. I know what they're like. I haven't been with them in Ottawa. I know what they're going to bring, not only as football players, but character to the locker room. So all those things went into it. So we couldn't be more happier. All right. That is Brock Sunderland. Big day for the Eskimos, bringing in some uh, pretty good players. Now they got to gel together. We'll see how the coaching works out. Uh, I think, you know, of all this going on, I think Philip Lawley, who's the new defensive coordinator, is going to have a pretty big influence on things too. He was on this show when he was hired. He says he wants to bring pressure. That's his default mode. And maybe with three new linebackers, he'll be able to do that a little more. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Don't forget about their brunch, buttermilk biscuits, sausage, gravy, and smashed potatoes. Sundays from 11 a.m. until 2. Visit northchickenyeg.com. All right. Final look at the NHL scoreboard. The Bruins beat the Blackhawks 6-3. Sabres knock off the Islanders 3-1. Stars shut out the Panthers 3-0. Blue Jackets blank the Capitals 3-0. Late in the third, Hurricanes up 4-1 in Ottawa. Seven minutes left, the Lightning lead the Flames 6-2. The Blues are up 6-1 on the Devils after two. Also after two. It's 2-2 between the Wings and the Predators. 3-3 between the Flyers and Minnesota. 2-2 between the Rangers and the Jets. After the first period, the Maple Leafs and Avalanche tied 1-1. And the Coyotes and Golden Knights start in about 10 minutes. All right. You can get more on everything going on today on 630 chedcom 
Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. 4.30 tomorrow in the afternoon, I will join you for the face-off show. Oilers taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins. The game will start at 6. Thanks to our guests this evening. You heard from Bob Stoffer, Rick Zamperin, Trevor Harris, and now the quarterback of the BC Lions, Mike Riley. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great evening. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.